11 o'clock comics episode 128 I had to force it out Pepping his voice, that was woo. That was nice. That was good. Strong. First, I had some loving tonight. Woo! You didn't deny it too. I can't deny it. I'm a rough rider. So far, he's jumping, yo. 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 He only stops by to say hi. I know. That's no, it. I think when I color. Who did? Oh, we got Oh, it's going then? Yes. Yeah. Oh. You'd know it if you I, came I, to the I, forum I, once in a while. Thank you. That's what I was waiting for. Hey, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a bunch of bullshit. It's not a bunch of bullshit. It's I'm not. I'm all the time. Yeah, you know what you do? You're it's like it. the kamikaze pissy man. You come <laughs> in and you say, and then you come out and you leave. The podcast panel was happy. He did post today. He did. Because there was a promo. That's why he did it. <laughs> it was PSA. There you go. <laughs> People want to be in touch with Chris Neesman. They want to talk to you. They want to no. see what comics no. you're reading. And you're never there. You're ne- it's like a room with the light off. Little chair in the middle of it. Shadows. Nobody's in it. <laughs> Exit. St- stage left. I, I don't know about you guys, but I am beat. I'm tired. I am. Yeah. Got a lot of shit going on in your life, man. I know you know this. Fifty eight comic boxes out the window. Well out the door actually today. Defenestrated, yeah. huh? I felt relieved to see them go. You standing up wow. straight and everything now? Yeah. Yeah. No uncanny X Men, no Superman, no Batman left. I even sold Simonson's Thor. Whoa. Whoa! Well, you got the omnibus yeah. coming out. So. That's God, why. Are, that's why I did it. That's uh-huh. exactly why are I did you it. Just really going to get that be- just massive brick of. I don't know if I can read something I'm with gonna, a thousand. I'm going to get Barnes and Noble five dollars sale. Exactly. I'm going to get. I'm going to get a huge bronze stand for the hallway with like maybe <laughs> with maybe a, a maybe it? a goat foot or an anvil. Wouldn't an anvil be awesome? Dude, a big dude. golden anvil and just open oh. it up and put a ribbon in it. I said, "There you go." Yeah. I love that. St- I, I, I mean, it's it's one of my favorite runs of all time in comics. But the visionaries are perfect for me. I, I just can't imagine how big that. You know, the, it's, also, though, it's, it's bigger like, it's than not, the Amazing Spider-Man omnibus, and that thing you can't read it. It's like it's sure. it's, it's not big enough, and we're gonna throw in the the established image drawn bolted the brave miniseries it's like yeah you know just, just which just was really good yes it was and it was you know it was part of because because balder like went on exodus so i mean it, it ties into everything so it should be so it's you know the complete walt simonson written thor era but yeah and it's, it's, it's like, very relevant for the current thor too sure, sure, there was yes. there was ever ever a reason to do a volume one and two yeah yeah slipcase marvel look into it yeah but then they'd be a hundred bucks a piece and you'd be paying 75 dollars more or well, no, they could, just, or they could pay seventy-five dollars more for something that you could actually read. Yeah. Or it could yeah. be seventy-five dollars a piece, and it's one hundred and fifty for the two of them. And but, yeah, but yeah. comic book publishers don't think that way. What they need to have is a omnibus of all of those '80s limited series together in one. Yes, Not Beauty this. and the Beast, Beauty oh, and the yeah. Beast, Iceman, Nightcrawler. What else? Kitty Pryde, um, Man, 
Heck, heck, uh, throw, in, throw in the fallen angels, too, while you're there. Yeah. yeah. Kitty Pryde and Wolverine. Yeah. Al Milgram. Did you say Iceman? I sure did. Iceman. There were a couple of uh, Vision Scarlet Witch, two Hercules minis. Yep. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Bob Layton. Yeah, boy. See, when I'm tired, I think. Rocket Raccoon. What's you up are. with that? Rocket Raccoon. Oh, long my God. Shot. Yep, Long oh, Shot. Oh, yeah. Long, oh, long oh. Shot needs its own three-foot-high omnibus. Just by itself. Well, they well, have they, a beautiful. They, they I have, have known the, if they have a beautiful uh, uh, oversized, you know, one of their classic hard covers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, I need. I need to get that. I need to get that. Hard oh cover. man, it's awesome. Yeah. It you is. know, what, I, I did. Art Adams has never been better. I did so, sell all my X books, but I lied. Any an, any X. any any annual that Art Adams worked on, I kept those. See, you, you Dude, really impressed me. How far back did you go with your X Men when you sold? That you sold. Ninety five. Dude, really? Yeah, yeah. Hope I don't you care. Sold a good price. I'm crazy like that. I don't care. Did you sell them for a good price? Good price. I got, sell I got, I got a decent amount. Yeah, decent. Did, not, not, did you not sell those to as... someone, or did you sell them back to? No, if I put those into my comic shop, yeah. I would have got raped. Oh, my yeah. ass would be bleeding. Yeah, they I'm don't. Next they love uh, the big orders because you can't really tell what you're getting you could if you do the math but uh if they throw a number at you for a bunch of books you're like yeah okay but if you send them 10 books and they'll yeah. they tell you like 20 bucks you're like wait back up you know 20 bucks for this so it was a big order you can't really control what you get and i was just happy to see them go yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i i, I no, gave no, them no, as on much the, on the x-men huh? how, how much of a run of x-men was it from 95 up no well it was about a 400 issue run Wow. So, you, I mean, you had a lot of the, the stuff in the hundreds? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are some... I mean, that, that that's my sweet spot. That, that's yeah, but I, I have them already. Like, I have collected editions. That, that, a collected edition to me is like owning the comic. I know that's blasphemy for a lot of people who, who buy single issues, but I consider myself that I own Fantastic Four 1 to 25 because I have that stuff reprinted. So, yeah. Hey! Long-winded intro, but look Whoa. at this. Oh, yeah, yeah, really long, which yeah, is cool yeah. because I got a good song <laughs> going in. Um, it's 11 o'clock comics. I am Cousin Grandpa. No, I'm Vince B. Sorry to steal your Riftwood, but I'm just... What, I'm, we're all doing this Driftwood. now? <laughs> Driftwood. I am Uatu. You wish. Red Hulk punch you right in the face. <laughs> I'm Chris Naisman. I'm David Price, and I am not embarrassed by the fans. What? <laughs> nice. And I am Tony Masters, but you can call me Taskmaster. You are uh, not Taskmaster. What was that? Avengers 141? The, the Perez cover? Was it? Check it. Check it out. Check it out. No, you are so not the Taskmaster. You actually have skin on your face. You are Jason Wood, everybody. Was it? Yes, I'm comfortable. Wednesday. I didn't even get my books today. Oh my God. Oh, oh, I know. Nice. Yes, that's because you were held hostage in your own home. Yeah, I was. And it's a previews week, too. That's a f I, I live for previews week. Sorry, Chris. But I do. I love to go through what? the catalog. I didn't get a previews catalog today. I feel what? naked. I hate are, the book. I use the book, but I'm. You're all looking at me, licking your lips like, ooh, look at that. I'm sorry. So, yeah, Chris, drink roll call. Let's yes, keep this train rolling. Roll with, yep, absolutely. Um, well, why don't you start us off? I have to confess, you are absolutely, unequivocally right that beer tastes better when you pour it in a goddamn glass. Look at you. All grown he's, up. He's right, because I'm drinking yingling out of a glass, and it tastes better than out of the bottle. How does that glass happen? Glass is clean, too, right? Yeah. No. No. 
So yeah, yeah. Yingling. Yeah. And and you'll be less burpy later. What's that? Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh. I like um, burpy. When, mm-hmm. yeah, well, burpy out of both ends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Price, how about you? What are you? What are you sipping on? Uh, Jim Beam Choice Sour. Oh, nice. Hmm. That's Jim a change Beam of choice. pace. Well, I'm using the same choice that I had last week. Oh, that's right. That's right. And, mm-hmm. But tonight I added some uh, sour mix. Did, did you decide if you were a fan of the squirt? Did you, did I am you a fan of the squirt. Okay. I almost feel like I need to bring some out for New York next week. Does, does, it taste, does it taste that much different than like 7-Up? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. It, it's, yeah. A great, it's, it's a grapefruit. Oh, oh so yeah. it's, like, it's like 50-50 then. 50-50, yeah. yeah. See, we have 50-50 Crystal, Crystal Bottling Company. Uh, okay, it's probably. Do you all really call it pop out that way? The, yeah. You know, they they do in. Uh, in I I'm right. more of a I'm more of a St. Louisan um, where I grew up, and so it's soda in St. Louis. But everywhere around that, it's pop. It's pop in Chicago. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Quite a quite a, a quite a declarative thread going on about uh, <laughs> yeah, writers no. need to get their pop uh, <laughs> etiquette right. We interrupt our our, our fall TV thread to. Get the Seriously. right lingo down. You know, you know, you can actually call up on the internet. They have um, the pop soda map, and you can see regionally where where people <laughs> really? call up where people call it soda. Oh yeah, look it up. It's great. Stop talking. I'm calling the internet. Dude, by the way, you, Chris, you're not doing yourselves any favor of making the claims that you spend a lot of time in the forums because David posted that map in this thread that we're talking about right now. Ooh, burn! Oh, burn. But apparently, you just didn't know that either. So I didn't. Not today. I was AWOL today. No, well, that's okay. David posted it about three days ago. But <laughs> palindromes are scary. You want that? You want? You want that? You want that shovel? No. Oh, seriously, way back Wednesday, the modern version. Yeah, right in the balls. That's David. <laughs> I want to see relevant. How much time do you spend picking the way back Wednesday thread? Like, how do you think about it? All he, all he does is a, he does a search for Vince an asshole, and he whatever comes up, that's <laughs> no, no, the way back no, no, Wednesday. No, no, no. Vince the Dio. There was uh, actually there, there were a couple today that I was gonna pull the hammer down on, but uh, but I figured since since the EIC news came out and the um, the Grant Morrison biopic was uh, is up for pre order on Amazon, I figured there were a couple things that were touched on in that twenty. It's it's, all, it's only eighty minutes though. How could you possibly? I'm not damning the movie before I even see it. I will buy it. I'm gonna because it's Grant Morrison. Right. But eight, 80 minutes, man, should be like twice as long. We, we he's not even gonna get into the abduction. That's the, <laughs> what are you laughing for? They won't even talk about the anal raping. They should. That's a big part of the Invisibles. Is they talk about how I felt when I read Final Crisis or? Stop. We all right. Let's keep it possible. I'm gonna buy it. I can't wait for it. I can't wait. Would. I just wish it was Would. like longer. A lot yes, longer. Sir. Christopher. What are you drinking? Diet Dr Pepper. Yay! Really? Yeah. Nice. Yes. Real. Uh, to be honest, I uh, I've been kicking in a high gear uh, this last couple weeks, and uh, I'm just I'm go I'm going clean as a whistle for the next two weeks, just uh, so I can fully. Imbibe and, uh, and and debauch in a New York Comic Con. So I okay. don't so little mini so, detox leading up to the talks. Nice. Okay. So you're cleansing. Yeah. See, I'm, I I go the other way and and consider it training. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was telling Vince before. Yeah. Um. Uh. Been uh. Been drinking some stuff from Left Hand, which actually I think uh. Jason may have had a Left Hand before I did on the show. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, I don't know uh, if before, but I did have one not too, not uh, pretty recently. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a uh, left hand brewing from uh, from Colorado, and I'm having their Black Jack Porter as I get into uh, into more of the the fall and winter beers here. Uh, not as heavy as a stout, and uh, it is it is very yummy. So uh, once again, the the fine folks at Left Hand uh, continue to make some some pretty darn tasty tasty brews. So they're uh, um, a Black Jack Porter this week. Yay. Yay. Sounds Sweet. good. That's a good mouthfeel. Nice. <laughs> there you go. So, so, Vincent. Yes, my friend. We had a very interesting, well, we had an, a conversation on the forums this week that uh, I thought was one of the, it was very interesting because I think everybody brought very thoughtful uh, views into it and certainly not everyone agreed. In fact, that's, there was a pretty wide spectrum of thoughts, but I thought everyone was civil, and and I really came away pretty pleased with how the conversation went. And mm-hmm. it wasn't our discussion, really. It was that it was our offshoot discussion of the Bendis internet mania that he started off with his, you know, tweets that led into his posts about journalism and criticism and how it should be treated on the internet, and that led to people saying, "What is criticism? How do you define it?" That sort of thing. Um, but the reason I wanted to bring it up now is that I. I it was either you or someone else had mentioned correctly that there are places like the Comics Journal that that some would say do that kind of criticism and 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 journalism that Bendis seems to think is lacking. So I must admit that I don't make a regular habit of reading the Comics Journal anymore, um, mm-hmm. either in print form or on the the web, the tcj.com. So well, the, after the, the, the just to mm-hmm. clarify, yeah. the print version has been put on suspended animation for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're, st- we're, now? we're we're still waiting for issue three hundred, okay. but they 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 have steered most of their content to the website. Yeah, okay, You're right. So, so so I went to TCJ today, thinking, you know, I probably am here. I am defending the fact that there's real journalism to be had in comics, and yet I arguably don't read the site that probably makes the biggest attempt to do so. So I went there today to see what was going on, and um, you know, it's a. I don't know if it's always been like this, but it's pretty much a blog, and they much like the beat or. Um, you know, iFanboy or, or, or Comics Alliance, it, they, they post a lot of links and news of other places and then maybe editorialize, and then they have their own content as well, depending. Um, but the first article that I came across was a post by Noah Berlotsky. Yes. And the reason it drew my attention is that it's a picture from Black Sad, which... We oh, you re- did you read the, the criticism? I did. That, yeah, uh, what it, was his name? Uh, what? Yeah, uh, uh, Swat, yeah. Uh, N, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's NG, N, however you say the, word, the name NG, Swat Tong, right. wrote a piece uh, on on basically why Black Sad sucks. Yeah. And the headline of Noah's right. blog post is, would you pay $48,000 for this? And it's the right. cover to initial Black Sad, um, or to Black Sad. And he makes the point that someone actually did pay that much money in an auction for it. And then he le- he links to the article by Tong, which is extremely lengthy, well well written from a technical standpoint. It's right. he certainly ha- is, a, is a command of his craft. Um, it is authoritative, uh, and it's extremely negative. But it's also, in my view. <sighs> It's everything that I think is stereotypical of what people think of the Comics Journal that don't read it. And that is to say – and I realize this wasn't the Comics Journal, but they were just linking to it. But it's this ponderous, holier-than-thou, 
derisive attitude where whether it's deserved or not, he very much spends a lot of time explaining to everyone else how wrong they are. I mean, that was really the crux of the article is everybody loves Black Zed and you're all wrong and here's why. And but to yeah, just, as, to, as just he to writes cla- in his, his smoking jacket. You know, no, no, no. Just, just, just to clarify, though, let's true. lay it out the way, uh, okay. just so people know what exactly the 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 aspects of the work he found with which he found fault. It wasn't the drawing. He thinks the drawing's brilliant. The the interior design, the the cityscapes, the uh, the organic things in in the book. He he appreciates and respects the uh, the drawing style and he thinks it's very um wonderfully done but he finds all of the characters cookie cutters they're 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 ciphers they're just so he the, so he these, doesn't like he doesn't like half of the work right he uh you know there there's the there's the woman who uses sex to get her way taking a shower at, because she feels dirty after doing what she's done there's he, the obligatory he sex takes issue scene with the anthropomorphism yeah yeah really? and uh, i i i read it and and i uh, i didn't agree with it per se but i did very much like the way it was written and uh it's just one person's opinion although very eloquently Eloquent, and yeah. no it was eloquently stated from a a point of experience i think the author draws himself he's he's an artist mm-hmm. so you can you can understand that if he uh, there it's it's like when you try and stock a jury selection okay yeah. and, and right. you're taking everybody who have absolutely no idea of about the the events or the people involved in the events so everybody has a starting point that's kind of what I see when you get an artist to write about an artist. There's, uh-huh. in a jury, there's no experience, so you, you have a blank slate. But mm-hmm. when you have an artist talking about an artist, there's a wealth of experience behind, like Frank Miller on Will Eisner. Okay? Right. Frank Miller has a certain, has achieved a certain level of competency in the, in the, uh, art form. So, yeah, you gotta take what he says a little bit more weight if, when he's talking about Will Eisner. He may be wrong, but you give him the benefit of the doubt to, Prove himself is what I'm saying, yeah. Sure, yeah. but yeah, I didn't. I didn't agree with it. I, well, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Black Sad is a perfect comic. It's not. No, but, but it's, what it what it sounds like to me is somebody that took something that this is wildly popular and people love it, and so no, well, that's what so I'm saying. So, so, so I'm going to stand out of the crowd and, and say that it's crap. So yeah, well, but no, the, the author doesn't have a history that. of that though. Right, let me In fact, if you if you read if you read the comments, there was a couple people said that actually said this is a, a lot more critical than you're usually than you usually right. are, or you usually don't destroy something this extensively. So he doesn't have a history of just being pissy. Well, let me just that, that's what I want to say, just because again, I, I I was making the point on our on our forum thread that this kind of this is the, the debate from my perspective was more on the mechanics of writing a review and and the ability to do so in an authoritative manner and he does that quite well and again it's not so much whether you agree or not with his opinion but it's how he does it and then the the risk you have of this which which some people like Derek Coward and others were, were saying this is why they don't this is 
again, I, I'm kind of skipping some beats here, which is to say that one of the debates we were having was, should reviews be uber personalized? Should you say, I think, and I really like, and in my opinion, or is that implied in good, in good review critique? You know, it should, and my stance is, well, I can't speak to a blog, which is someone's personal diary, or when you're speaking to other people like we do on the show, but all I could say is at, at Football Guys, we have a mandate to our writers that they are not to use I or in my opinion because it is implied. If they are the author of an opinion of something where they state something about someone that is not clearly proven beyond a shadow of a doubt and 100% certainty, it is implied that it is their opinion. They don't need to say, remind people every few minutes that it's their opinion. Others say, but then I feel like if I don't say it's my opinion, you might think it as though I'm saying it's an absolute. And the point is, so let me just read this section and you'll understand what I'm getting at. This is one of the sections near his conclusion. As far as the long history of noir novels and films are concerned, Black Said is a hard-boiled eunuch reeking of a need to appeal to an all-ages audience despite some PG-13 sex scenes and a few casual murders scattered here and there. As for the regurgitate, we have the usual suspects, the murdered dame, the old flame, the hero being pulped by the hired help, the depraved Mandarin sitting in his airy, casting a disdainful eye over the insects crawling beneath him, the deck of noir tropes shuffled, reshuffled, and coming out largely unchanged. This creative masturbation is totally in keeping with the book's asexual and unfertile content. The second volume of Black Zed is equally tiresome in its sanctimony examination of racism now very very uh, negative review but powerful writing writing right. that even though i completely disagree with him on this particular book i have to give him credit for the fact that he's i don't think anyone reading this could mistake that that is his opinion when you call something right. regurgitated again, or you say it's eunuch it's his just, opinion. just his clarify that for a second i mean embellish it a little bit the author is a noir fan Right, right. So okay. right. Really? he he yes, he he yeah. in, in within the piece he he mentions the fact that he's a very big fan of noir and I think that this just may be a case of very very high expectations. Right, right. So but the the but it's not, I, not I, being met. It's, it's it's really well written. And it's it is. very well written. So yeah. but so that's great and I, and I think that that so I give him credit for that because I actually think this is a better written review than quite a lot of the things that Bendis was complaining out there that exist. Hell yeah. That that said though. Now here's the there's the but the caveat where I have to give credit to the other side of this debate. <sighs> Reading this review, I believe because it's written in a time where there is so much other less well-written stuff out there that's also opinionated, I fear that if someone was to try and quote unquote give the comics journal a, a try and they read this review, maybe it's just ill timing and they come across this on the front page at the top, they're going to say, oh, this is why I don't want to bother with this site because they hate, you know, they're, they're being contrarian. Even though I yeah. think to his credit, Vince, he's not just being contrarian for the sake of it, but it comes okay. off that way if you aren't familiar with his other review work. So it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you know, is my point in that I really think this is a really well-written, articulate review, and he clearly has a great command for the language, and he clearly knows the work and the history of the genre, but right. I fear that ultimately it's doing more harm than good because it is so overtly negative. Well, I, th I think that the, the fact that the journal linked to it um, yeah, I don't think fair. there'll be any repercussions for that. I mean, uh, yeah. the journal has a built-in audience, and and yeah. it, uh, it may grow a little bit, you know, monthly or yearly. But there's only that pool is only going to get so deep. Right, right, right. And and I heard they're going to change the name actually of the magazine to the Not Comics Journal because they don't cover <laughs> mainstream comics, so oh. they can't yeah. call it comics. Yeah. Daryl, he's funny. You, you also alluded, Vince, to the fact that it's tough when an, when an artist reviews an artist or a writer reviews a writer, um, which, which right. I, I find an interesting point only because our good friend 
Mr. Pat Loika, who's doing a podcast now, Loikamania, um, commented on his show, either this past episode or the episode before, I forget. Um, he was speaking to another artist, and he was fairly honest in the fact that he has difficulty listening to or reading criticism of comics, particularly the art in comics, that are made by non-artists. Mm-hmm. It bothers him, and he doesn't necessarily feel that people who aren't artists are really... I don't want to put words Qualified. in his mouth, maybe, Dave, but yeah, that, yeah I, again, I don't want to. I don't know if he actually said that specifically, so I don't want to put words in our, in our friend's mouth. But I can see that. Yeah, but, but he he was he said clearly he didn't he doesn't have he doesn't really like to see that he doesn't really necessarily feel like we. And, hey, and obviously, on, 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 on the few artist, occasions on the few yeah. occasions that I've written reviews, you know, when I did the comic shots and and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the hardest part of writing a comic review for me is whenever it comes to the art because. It's really a you like it or you don't like it, and then you try and explain why. And well, I respect that if that's how you feel, but I, I don't – I think it's a dangerous proposition to suggest that the only people capable of giving critical analysis and thought to any medium are people that also practice that medium. Right. I mean, See, that- I, dis- I disagree with that standpoint because does everyone who gets paid to – uh, critique film have they made right, films exactly precisely. you know have uh, every critic in rolling stone do they also record their own music or, or write their own songs see it's you can't expect people it's have a, what, what I'm, you what can I'm have saying, a history in something what, what i'm let, saying like, is that if you're going to review something like art you need to oh this this is hard but um it makes you think in a lot more critical way than, than you have about it before. So I think it's really good for people to critique art and try and try and understand why they do or don't like a style or a certain artist. And, and I think Pat, what well, I think what he's saying is that you have to understand, you have to know what you're looking at before or hearing or reading before you can have an educated opinion about it and i don't right, think well, you have to be an artist to comment on art but i think no. that you really need to to learn about it and know what you're looking at if you're going to consider yourself a critic right well reasonably savvy people can burn through a a, a history of art book or you know the the basics of design and 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 composition and stuff and you you can i mean the the text telling you what is good, what is not good, means jack shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are uh, worshipped ways of doing things, but that doesn't mean you can't break them. So well, you know, even, you know, even uh, if you, you know, an example would be like someone can criticize anatomy and say, "Well, this artist's anatomy was off." Okay, well, you can say that about Umberto Ramos, and I love Umberto's work. But his his anatomy is way off. But it's done for a reason. Where there are, are there are other artists out there that it you can tell that it's just bad anatomy. And it's well, it's just, it's just like bad. any other kind yeah. of of critical writing. If you state your point clearly and and you back up your claims with either um, yes personal reasons why or or historical reasons this doesn't work because it goes against the, the the rules of composing and you know a, a page as long as you state your opinion and you do it convincingly enough and with 
um, examples, then why can't anybody do it? Yeah. You know? Yeah, uh, that, that's my that's my point. Is that uh, is that I just think I don't I don't ascribe to the idea that that someone who isn't practiced in that field can't be critical or or have a valid opinion on it. But I would also but I would concur that if the point was to be and I don't think it came out this way, but if his point was actually just to say that if you if you're not an artist, you better be damn sure that you know your stuff and you know the techniques and you can be beyond all oh, that's the suck or something that I 100% agree with but mm-hmm. right. but uh, but at but, least again I I don't want to misquote but I, I took it to be a more spe- he, a more specific I don't you know artists should uh, if you're not an artist you shouldn't critique art and that that I didn't agree with but but, but, but there is one requirement to write writing successful critiques you need to step out of your body for a little while you you can't uh, swim in the subjective entirely i mean that's a big part of it which uh, it, these we're human beings looking at pieces of art or listening to music or watching movies so everything originates from the human being and there's only one consciousness in that human being you can you have no other vantage point aside from the you okay so a lot of the stuff has to be subjective there's no other way about it but you need to you need to step behind that person that is you and look at it with a critical eye and say uh, i don't really like this why don't i like this okay and you, you find out why you don't like it but it is not liking it meaning that there's a fault with the work no it's just that you don't see or you don't appreciate that work for what it is. Uh, sure, you, no you, ma- may, you may not like crime stories, but if you're reviewing a book that tells a very good crime story, well, you have to, you have to in, in a certain way, you know, be like, well, this isn't my type of story, but it was very good at what it did. Right. You always have to remember that whatever you say has absolutely no bearing on the art. The art exists in a perfect, pristine state. You can you can rail against it for reams and reams of paper, and it does not change that art. That art will be the same before and after your passing. So you have to understand that yours is just a subjective viewpoint. That now, art, you know, there, there was perfect. there was there was something that Benda said that I totally agree with. If you're reviewing. I don't know, say Hawkeye Mockingbird number one. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck how long you've been reading Hawkeye comics. That has <laughs> absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with what you're talking about. I don't care how long you've been a comic fan. I don't care if you live above a comic store or if your cousin owns a comic store. That has absolutely nothing to do with the book that you're getting ready to talk about. I don't I need agree. to know I don't need to know your story to know to, to, to figure out what you right. what you feel about this book. Uh, that is something that I, I think that too many people do. But right. you know the totally larger good. things and, hmm? and to springboard off that, you can't you can't bring all of that knowledge of Hawkman with you and expect this piece of art to conform to everything that has come before. Like, uh, I, I've heard people reviewing, well, I've read people reviewing a Batman comic and say, well, you know, this is no Dark Knight Returns. Of course it's not. It's its own little entity. So, yeah, maybe Dark Knight Returns was the high point, but why, it's not fair to compare this book to Dark Knight Returns because they're not 
the only relation they have is the character. And if you if the right. writer for this book keeps the character consistent, meaning it, he acts in the way that we've encountered before, believable. Make the characters believable. There's no way that you can hold a modern work to a classic work. It may be just as good, but it's not it, it's it's not fair as if all the shitty works that were around Dark Knight Returns, they're no lesser or greater because Dark Knight was so great. You have to, you have to, when you critique a work, it's, you it's walk in into, a vacuum. It's in a vacuum. No, you're right. You yeah. walk into a room. Yeah. This is, say, say you're reviewing Uncanny X-Men, whatever the number is, 599, 604, whatever, 604. You walk into Uncanny X-Men 604 room, take a look around. If you like what you see, write about it. If you don't, don't expect this room to look like the room before and after it because they're not the same friggin' room. They don't act the same way, and they shouldn't. They're different rooms. Yeah. You can say that created a book harkens back to yeah. another, you know, another time or, or you know, right. is, is reminiscent of, yeah. Yeah, th I mean, this, this medium especially, above all, we always talk about, it, is, is built upon uh, decades of, of experiences with the same characters, which, for, which presumes that we've then seen a lot of these things done over and over again. So I don't think it's unreasonable to expect someone to let the history of a character or a story arc inform the way they look at a book because I don't know how you right. wouldn't. I mean, I, I can't. Yeah. I can't read a Wolverine story now and forget that I've read three hundred other Wolverine stories. Right? Well, I mean, yeah, right. That, if he's like a Broadway but, performer, you'd be like, what right, the hell? right. So, so, so again, I, I don't think. I think it's perfectly natural to to, you know, if you read a story where I don't know something crazy like Superman decides to walk the Earth, <laughs> I think that's a little bit out of character, and. Not really, you know, I, though. I I think that's I don't know how you could remove yourself from that, right? Because uh, otherwise, you, unless it was the first Superman story ever read, and then you just review it for the work that it is. But I think again, to Bendis's point, and this is why I'm glad Chris brought this point up. He was trying to make the the difference between he recognizes that there's a lot of people out there just basically blogging or doing podcasts that are just their own opinions and they're just sharing the information with their friends, and that's reasonable. But I was, but. It, Put yourself in his shoes. If you really are out there as a creator and you want to see some kind of thoughtful analysis, it's pretty hard, I would think, especially if you have Google Alerts and that sort of thing set up to really separate the wheat from the chaff in that regard. You're going to get yeah. probably 50, oh, that was the suck because that's not how I would have done it, to every one that might just be, this is what I thought of this issue and why I liked or didn't like it. And, and well, again, isn't that hey, just that, like the real world, though? I mean, the, well, the, printed, the printed world? How I, many... I got, the go reviewers. Ahead, go ahead. No, no. It's. I think that's that's like how many potential reviewers submit their reviews to magazines and get bounced because they don't have the voice. They they don't write in a style con that that yeah. meshes with the magazine. You know, or the, their kind of work oh. is just not the right tone. So, and and they get bounced. But the the reviewers that they do accept that speak in the voice of the magazine or the period. Blah blah blah. That's the ones that bubble to the top. I mean, anybody right. can review well, anything. I, I, my, the, the two things I would say is that, number one, if you're looking for professional journalism and professional reviews in comics, that's a really, really small list of people. Because you know what? You can probably afford to employ about ten of them in the industry. So yeah. your, your list is going to be real short after that that's just comic book criticism is it's it's a lot of people out chattering on the internet i'm sorry that's what it is if you want if you want 
professional reviews and professional journalism, you're going to have to get into other media outside of comics. Well, it, it, it is a popular start for them. So you're going to have a cross-section of high, medium, low intelligence, low, low uh, medium and high capability of stringing words together. Just like it's, 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 it's a popular art form. So I like popular music. You're all, you're all fuzzed out, Vince. No, but, um, but to carry forward your point, though, I, I think you made a statement saying that um, that it's like that in print. Actually, I do think that is the major difference here, and it's just the natural evolution of communications. The reason that, that we're able to do this podcast, the reason that blogs exist in droves is because there's very little barrier to entry. It's a few dollars for a URL, it's a few dollars for hosting costs, and effectively bandwidth and time it's really just then just a function of time and effort um so you know skype is free there are lots of tools out there that are relatively inexpensive to help edit so the barrier to communicating to an audience especially if you don't have any prerequisite as to what size that audience is is vastly different today than it was even five years ago or ten years ago that's why the bendis complaint exists now because you have the potential for literally thousands of reviews of a bendis comic uh that do not have the uh, stringent requirements that you would have used to have had if he was even going to say publish in his local paper. Because as Vince alluded, even if a local paper is reviewing comics, there are probably 50 guys applying for that job, right? Now yeah. all 50 guys get to do a podcast or do a blog. That's fine. That's just change. But there is a practical component because I, I said this in um, uh, Josh wrote a, a reaction piece to this whole brouhaha on iFanboy. And in the comments, I said to him that actually I'm of the mind for professional critiques and reviews. I personally think that it's better to – it's more authoritative to not use the I and the personalization. I, I do actually think that. Not to say that the other way is f- not acceptable. It certainly is and, and more and more so. But but certainly from a classic standpoint, there, there's a reason not to. And the point I wanted to make – and then we can finish this off if people are getting bored – is that there's a practical historical reason for not using things like I or I think that in my opinion. And that's space and time. We have to remember that back when people read newspapers and magazines or watched the news newscast every night to get their news – you had a limited number of of words on a page. You also had a limited number of minutes in a, in a in a newscast. So you didn't have time or space to say things like, "In my opinion," or "It's my view." That there was no time to have those caveats. It was you had to get the points out and get them, you know, and that was the way it was done. And so that's the practical reason for why the AP guideline says you shouldn't use I and in my opinion, that sort of thing. That, right. So there is a practical historical reason for it that isn't simply just what I think. That's why it's technically, that's the quote-unquote right way it's done because practically it's just a waste of space to say those things in a printed form. Now, on the Internet where a blog post can be five words or 80,000 words, well – yeah, that barrier isn't there anymore. But I would say that because the internet is so noisy and there are so many thousands of people talking about the same things, that's why I'm still of the opinion that if it's a professional work where you're literally trying mm-hmm. to put it in a professional way and build a, an audience and make a living from that, whether it be advertising or subscription, I still think there's something to be said for authority and brevity because, again, am I more apt to read a well-written authoritative two-paragraph commentary on something or a 80,000 word ramble. Personally, I'm going to probably be more apt to digest the two paragraphs because I don't have time to read 80,000 words for someone unless it's someone I really, really think knows their shit beyond all belief. Right, but but in the rare occasions where a reviewer who does use the eye and and the personality does uh, bubble to the surface, like say 
uh, Lester Bangs or uh, Hunter S. Thompson. I mean, sure. the, the, you, that's magic. When, when someone can, can take the personality and mix it with authoritative opinions and uh, with, backed with reasoning and, 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 and uh, examples, it's very rare, though, because, I mean, how many Hunter, yeah. Hunter S. Thompsons do we have in this world? But I will say there are two comics blogs, review blogs, uh, that do match that criteria, and that's Tom Spurgeon's The Comics Reporter. Mm-hmm. Tom, the personality of Tom uh, Spurgeon is every bit as compelling as the stuff he talks about. And, and and he does it with such eloquence, you need to go to the comics reporter. And again, I've been harping on this this blog forever, the Comics Comics blog. If you ever have read Frank Santoro talk about comics... And he does it from the, the, the subjective, the eye, the, the, well, I, you know, it, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's magic. And, and even though he does it with the same panache that I do and he gets a lot more acclaim for it, I'm not jealous, but, uh, you know, comics, comics blog, get there. I mean, that's, they're, but they're the only two I can think of, of those types of blogs. Chris's Invincible Super Blog. I've, n- I've never been there. It's very entertaining. Oh, it's very funny. Yeah, it's very funny. And, and, and I think know, the mindless that, ones that, do a really good job too. The mindless. The last, ones. the last thing I'll say on the subject, and I think I think Tom actually said it on our forum. Uh, if you want, if you want thoughtful analysis on comic books, write comic books that are thought provoking. There you go. You cited another example of someone who has managed to breach that unique blend of personality and authoritative writing. Yeah. Tom. Yeah. Tom Tom's I, I, every I, I, bit of a personality uh, I find his words and who he is equally entertaining and informative. But I thought it, I thought it was I thought it was a great point. It's uh, mm-hmm. worry less about what people are saying about your comics and just go back and make good comics. It's true. We going to talk about good comics. <laughs> Double segue. I, I fell off the cliff. We need to hear from David cuz he was awful quiet. He doesn't See David doesn't like talking about the serious stuff. No. He, no, he no, no. Talk about uh, the booms and the pals and the there's titties. No, there, 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 there was a whole lot of. Uh, there really wasn't a whole lot. I, I could have. The message would have gotten lost if I contributed there. So it was. Okay. That was that was fine. Um, no, and anything anything but no, anything I would have added would have taken away from it. So <laughs> okay. I'm good. Um, they uh, you are good. You're good looking. Anyway, the anywho. <laughs> So since we brought up Art Adams earlier, yay! Yeah. Sorry for that loudness. I uh, read Ultimate X number three. Oh, good for you! I haven't read that yet, and I and I felt bad because I feel bad. For, I don't like that. Don't say that. What do you mean? No, I feel bad for the character who was who, who the spotlight was shown on in this issue. Ah, uh, me too. Oh, yeah. well, before you get into it, has it been like forever since we've Dude, seen one of these? This is something else I'm going to punch on. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, but it's, um, it, I find it hard to believe that, and I'm, I'm not trying to slight his, his, his other work because I, I, I do like Hulk, uh, but I find it hard to believe that this is the same Jeff Loeb that wrote, <laughs> you know, like, like Wolverine Evolution and, 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 and even Hulk to a degree, but I, I know it's the same Jeff Loeb that, that wrote Hush, that wrote Spider-Man Blue and Daredevil Yellow and, but this just has a different 
it has a different flavor to it from from the uh, the ultimate or, or ultimatum, for example. It, it's uncharacteristically intimate, isn't it? Like he's getting into the the minds of these characters. Yes, he is slowly, and and there's a lot of content. Whereas I think with the Hulk stuff, we're just used to these twenty two page. <laughs> Splash pages and you know bubblegum. Yeah, 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 Ultimate yeah. X is not bubblegum. It, it was no, strange. It is. It's jam packed because yeah. of course you have Art Adams and 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 he puts he put. I don't even want to say he puts a lot in every page. He puts a lot in every panel. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I know the characters. I, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm three issues in with three different characters, and I'm. I'm all in. I'm. I'm invested in it. I. I yeah. I want to say, you know, I've said it before on other things, but I want to see where this is going. I, 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 um, because I he made you care about these damn characters. Yes. And, right. And, you know, and I, the first issue was, I think the first issue was probably the weakest of the three so far. It's like, okay. I mean, and it's not even that uh, it's another Wolverine offspring or anything like that. It's just, it's, it wasn't as, as gripping. The, the third issue has been the best so far. Each one has gotten better. I like, the the Karen Grant issue, uh, there was a lot to like when 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 Art Adams draws the ladies. But mm-hmm. the the third issue alone, um, there was they they were up and downs. And and I mean the, the narr- I didn't know where the narration was going. Like the, the person's voice, I thought was not the person that was actually doing the speaking. Um, That's a lobe was, trick, though. He does it that was, a lot. It was all told from his point of view, but it's it, it's. But I feel bad because now I I don't know if I'm sure eventually we'll probably see these people again. But it's like it was all set up and they were they were important, but they're just like a backstory, I guess. It, it was just they they weren't they were the forefront, but they're not, and. It's just, I I like it a lot, and, and it's just freaking great. That's what it, it is. really is, and and it's it's so worth the wait. But like you said, I I almost forgot. That thankfully, you know the 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 recap page tells you, you know, Gene Gray has gone into hiding, but Jimmy found mm-hmm. her. I almost forgot that 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 Jimmy Hudson found her, and because it's been that long, and I. So it's it's something I want to ask you guys because I'm all for, you know, I bought the Losers when it was coming out, and I bought I bought a lot of comics over the years, especially when I was going back to school. And at the end of the week, when I finished my homework as a reward, I sit down and I read a chunk of comics. So if that meant I read like the last four or five issues of a book at one time, that's what I did. So I have no problem going back and digging out books and and catching up because I I can do that. But if I don't have the second issue handy by the time I get to read the third issue because it's it's packed away in a box somewhere, I may tend to forget. So you have Ultimate X, which is bi-monthly, and you have Shield, which is bi-monthly, and you get a lot. Avengers Prime, which is uh... yes, but see that's but that's something I'm I'm going to wait for the trade on that, so I'm I'm going to read that all in one chunk. Uh, but I think. Between the three, or among the three, um, Avengers Prime, as, as pretty as it is, I don't think it's as beefy, as meaty as, as Ultimate X or S.H.I.E.L.D. You, you get a lot between Loeb and, and Adams doing what they do in Ultimate X and what Hickman's doing 
writing Shield and, and, and Weaver's art is stunning because he's putting a lot on those pages too. Um, I feel like I, I don't mind waiting, first of all, but I, I also don't mind spending the money on those books because I'm, I'm getting a lot for my money. And it, it's, it's funny, I, like, I love the consistency. I'm, I'm all for seeing the same, the same style throughout a run, but I know why my Ultimate X would be bi-monthly because it's Art Adams. Because the artist am slow. <laughs> so there's, there's absolutely no problem with that, but it's, I do read quite a bit from time to time, and, and it, it hurts a little bit trying to remember what the hell went on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 60 days before, especially if I'm waiting for a DCB Xbox, so I get it, I'm getting it weeks after it came out, and by the time I get around to reading it, because it's not always the first thing I grab out of the box, um, you know, I don't know when issue four is coming out. I think soon, but it's yeah. um, it's it's weird. I, I think I don't know. You say the same thing with Shield. Shield four hasn't shipped yet, but yeah, August twenty ten, which means I'll have for the fourth issue, which means I guess I'll I'll have it well, at the end of. Uh, Maybe in the next shipment. I don't know when it ship, but um, I guess it's just a question of: Do you want it fast or do you want it good? You know, do you, do you want poser people no. fighting or or do you want Art Adams? No, I, I want to I, see, I, you know, I see the love on the page. You're right. Yeah, yeah, and these are human beings that are doing the work. Yes, I, I would wait forever for an Art Adams book. My my right. life is I feel is. Like we is yeah, my life is relatively full to the point where I'm not going to post on a message board when something's not shipped on time. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Right. Freaky tiki and your your fear that that <laughs> brightest that brightest oh, day might miss a fucking week. Okay, Tim, you need to fucking relax. No, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone in particular. No, I am, I'm, Tim. You need to relax. I'll buy you a beer in New York. You need to chill out. You how about me? I gave that tenths, book a, a compliment. I gave you that did. book a compliment. You really did. I I, th- yeah. I think Finch's covers for Brightest Day yeah, is nice, some yeah. of the best work he's ever done, yeah. and consistently too. The, all yeah, of the covers have been one, really if nice. There's one book that we can be um, ultimately um, positive that it's going to reach its 26th issue without cancellation. It's Brightest Day. We yeah. don't need to worry. I about mean, it. let's get uh, serious here. They finished Countdown. If there was ever exactly. a book that needed, I didn't, and, but yeah, they did. And Trinity. Well, like Trinity. yeah, Trinity was a, little, a lot better than Countdown. Yes, it was. No, but right, I'm just saying it's they they have a long history of of yeah, doing these things they, they, and they doing commit. it. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. to them. Um, well, no, David, I, I think that's yeah, the time. Uh, I think the issue for I'm kind of with you in that. Um, there are many times of my own doing where where I books pile up just because I have a huge Regina pile. Uh, so it's not that they're coming out later, that they're bi-monthly or anything, just that I don't get around to reading them for a while. Where, right. um, thank God for the recap page, right? Or, or, or and and sometimes, like I've said, I could read, not read a word of Walking Dead or Invi- like Invincible. I don't, I don't even get the trades. I get the um, the oversized hardcover. So it's basically once a year I read Invincible. I right. read you know like twelve issue run once a year. And to that book's credit, I always think before I crack open the book, boy, I wonder if I remember what happened. And then I always feel. Like I've totally ha- have not forgotten anything that happens once I get into it, so that's a credit to that story. But there are other comics that I literally could have read a month ago, and I open up the next issue. And I'm like, "What the hell? I don't. What happened? You know?" And and it, it, it's not 
I don't know that's any fault of the storyteller. It's just the way my mind works. I may just not be clicking it. You know, maybe I read it too fast. I don't remember it. So, oh yeah, yeah. I just think like for me, I don't. I guess I, I read comics in such stunted ways now, and such uh, odd groupings that that I I there are very few books that I read the moment they come off the shelf because they're time sensitive and and have to get them to talk about them. So I just I don't even think of that. Um, as a as a criticism anymore, just because of uh, it's unrealistic for me to to worry about that since I read the book so erratically of my own doing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, I yeah. guess, um, like I don't know how people do, like I don't know how you know. I'm sure we all have friends that uh, read all their books every week and oh, are caught up. And I, Tom, I think he finishes yeah, Tom. like Wednesday night. Well, and, and and Ron and Connor and Josh, obviously, they do the show. They read yeah. all their books every Wednesday, yeah. and they read all their books every like in one day, so they can write the review for the. I don't know how they do it. I really don't like I, the no thought way. of 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 reading twenty books in one sitting in a night, almost because it was homework, would probably take a lot of the joy of the meeting yeah, away from. Yeah, the yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I have something that I think uh, Chris can chime in on. We'll give Chris a little workout too because he has <laughs> he's had this person on his other show a uh, uh, couple times, right? And oh, curling I, today? No, <laughs> no. It's, I've 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 got it narrowed down between two brooms. So big heavy teapot. You show up to you show up in New York with your bag at my office and ask me if we can go look at curling brooms at lunch. I'm going to show you. That's freaky shit. Show you the sidewalk. No, no, but I did find out that there is uh, that they they do have a, a curling house there in uh, I think in Jersey. So <laughs> we'll throw not, not anywhere near my house. So. <laughs> uh, Chris, you know what I read? I read. No idea. I I am going to be small by Jeffrey Brown. Oh, uh, okay. and I, and I read Sulk one, two, and three. Oh, very oh, nice. nice. Yeah, you got, you got some big head. Um, among other things. Uh, and if I have time, I'll talk about it. But I, I'm constantly amazed at the disparity between the Jeffrey Brown on the paper and the Jeffrey Brown that we've right? heard on Around Comics. <laughs> it's almost as if he treats his artwork like uh, a room with a closed door and he can go in there and be himself and, and talk to himself and be as obscene and and dirty and and morose and morbid as he wants and he doesn't think anyone's going to see it <laughs> because it's like some of the stuff in this I, i'm going to be small does not seem like it came from the dude it's, that was that know, was on a, around comics it it seems like a different voice and I, I, he's hysterical when he wants to be He's the, a funny fucker. I yeah. laughed for, and I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. I, I, exaggerating. I giggled for a, a half an hour to myself over the cartoon with the, <laughs> the lady coming out of the the baby changing station with the little girl dressed like a fly. And she's got a little baby head and a fly costume on, and this old lady goes, "That joke's been done." And the mother says, "Yeah, but she can fly." <laughs> That's hysterical. Is that not funny? No? Are you guys kidding me? You had to be there. The kid and the little kid is like she's looking up at the old lady and her little pincher arms are like flailing in the air. <laughs> I'm sorry. And there's another one. There's another one. What if men could have babies too? And there's a dude in an operating room 
and there's doctors there, and the baby's coming out of his dick, right? <laughs> and he's and he's he's screaming, and there's a little tiny hand coming in from the right side of the panel holding his. That is this this is funny shit. Oh man, <laughs> Je- Je- Jeffrey has he does have a, a twisted little sense of humor. It's uh, you know it's funny you know talking with him because he's he's really unassuming whenever he talks with he's very you know very soft spoken you know uh, almost always just very polite <laughs> in, in let, until you get him watching a hockey game I'm sorry and uh and and then and then he's you see a different side of him um but i mean it, it's it's weird cuz you'll talk with him just about you know general stuff but then whenever he talks about comics he gets he can get very serious about you know how he approaches what he does oh yeah and, yeah and sure, uh, sure. yeah but uh I, um i love I the one it says it's roachy and and there's a roach and he's smiling and his little his little antenna are up in his hands and it's almost as like there's a little theme song like it's roachy and there's a roach on a wall and he goes hey kids it's me roachy and this guy comes up to him and says die roachy you fucking dirty bastard roach and the last panel is just a bloody smear of roachy on the wall (laughs) (laughs) run jesus is coming run for your lives there's a huge colossal jesus and he's killing people (laughs) i love jeffrey brown i really do i'm going to be small is that is that just a collection yeah just little yeah just little cartoons that he's done it's, he tells he's exactly a prolific bastard too oh my god oh, yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, he, does, he does at least two books a year yeah i mean i haven't read Easy. that Vince. i have read the first two sulks uh <laughs> deadly awesome and what's the other one? big head and yeah. uh yeah. and uh the change bots not the second one for the first change bots i've read oh incredible change bots is yeah. awesome timmy yeah. was yeah. born without arms or legs so he doesn't miss masturbation, and you got this little armless, legless kid, and then he's he's humping pillows, and it says, "I guess." Oh, that's a damn shame, right there. That's funny. But okay, on to sulk. Because uh, no one's going to share my enjoyment with this unless they actually read it. It's just freaking great. Sulk. My immediate response to sulk, having consumed all three issues, was. I love the format. It feels good in my hands. I love the paper quality. I like the end flaps are are awesome. Uh and you get and I, how about Jeffrey Brown gets, you know, props for being a hell of a cartoonist. He's a great colorist too. I love the it looks like he uses uh maybe design markers or some kind of prism color. Yeah, and he, he's a great little colorist. But how I have no affinity for boxing at all or sports, none. And the the Sulk number two, the Deadly Awesome, which which was a fight between yeah. Haruki Rabasaku and I love this name Eldark Garprub. And yep. and you ha- and Rabasaku that would, that would be that would be mixed martial arts, my friend. MMA. Okay, well, yeah, okay. And then you have uh, Rabasaku, who's a thinking fighter, very calculating. He's not not a lightweight, but he's not certainly not as heavy uh, as weighty as this Garprub guy, who is extremely powerful and has a lot of 
uh, force behind his blows. And I, I went into this thinking, oh my God, the whole thing is one fight? Jesus, get it's, me out of here. What is it? Is it 80? 80, 80 pages, pages? Yeah, 80 pages. It's, yeah, 80 pages. And four it's an or five. It's fight scene. It's four awesome. or yeah. five pages in, I was like, oh, I never want this to end. Oh, Never. That's awesome. Because yeah. he actually gets into the into the heads of of the the characters, and there's even a a, a part where Rabasaku is musing on 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 life and death and and mortality. It's like it, it was watch um it was watching a hawk kill a sparrow at age twelve that Rabasaku first thought seriously about death, and the panel content is part of the fight so it, it it's actually what's going on in his head as he's fighting or what has gone in his head in the past uh, until then he imagined death as a long sleep but now he realized that when you sleep you dream and you wake up at the end of it all and it's just blows being thrown and i i don't know if he's trying to say anything with rabasaku not rabasaku uh garprub's tattoo with the god and the crucifix and he really doesn't. Well, I mean, it, you know, it's, you... it, it's an actual. They're, they're real guys. There was an actual fight. These are real so, guys. Oh yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. That, that that is that that's that's an actual um, fight. Well, they're real to me because he yes. made them. He made them so. But now this that this another layer on this thing. That that's the thing about Jeffrey is a huge MMA fan. Oh, these people are actually. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, did they, and that's, what that's, was the response from the actual people? Did did you do know, or did did they ever say? Seemed to be fairly positive. Um, from what, even though I I don't, God, I I talked talked with him. I mean, that's been out for a little while. So yeah. Um, what what I remember is that you know it was fairly fairly positive um, um, feedback. I don't know if he ever got to meet either one of those guys, but. Um, you know he he's gone to to some to some matches and he's a he's a huge fan of it. So another was, thing I like about the sulk, the varying lengths. Mm-hmm. That is that is awesome that he can do a, a work and not have to pay attention of length. Like that invites little strange oddities that may not have been planned to be in the story before, but you got to pad it out ten more pages to fit it in the eighty page. You you know length, but no. The, I mean, the, I think the first one's like, you know, sixty. The the second one is the biggest, is eighty, and then the third one is a different length, and they're different prices too, which is really neat. Top Shelf could have charged a set amount for these, but they didn't. One six, one's ten, and one seven. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool the, indeed. Just you know, the mighty Malcolm that's in the third one, the the very protective robot, <laughs> William Mannerman. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, this this is. Just, I don't. I, I. I. His his drawing style just makes me giddy. Just uh, a lot of times the eyes are are messed up, and the one character will have a wandering eye, and I, I. I just laugh like an asshole. I. I. I don't know what it is. It's just good comics. It's fun. There, I think there's a lot more meat here than we give Jeffrey Brown credit for, too. I mean. Oh, absolutely. Uh, aside from the overwhelming personal content you you can't read his comics without at least acknowledging the the mind of the person putting them down on paper but big head it's it's fun it's great stuff and it's big heads and an ohm uh, a love letter to vintage silver age comics i think that, that's his that's his that's his superhero 
book. And you yeah. know, you look at you look at the guy's variety uh, of work that he's done. You know, Big Head's a superhero book, and then you have um, Deadly Awesome, which is you know a eighty page fight scene, and then you've got you know obviously the the autobiographical work, and then I'm going to be uh, you know I'm going to be small, and it, it's and then the guy, he just did a book the about, about about cats. Yep. Um, I, my, that's the one I have on my shelf is a cat getting out of a bag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did it get in the bag? We don't. I know. threw it in there. Hey, hey. <laughs> but the uh, the pirates in Sulk number three using dirty diapers as uh, cannon fodder. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read number three, but that's not. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, there's a a, gi- a giant lizard in number three. Uh, it, it's uh, there's a neat little fantasy type story where one elf gets burned, uh, and his loved ones come to his aid. They have to go somewhere to to find this root that would has the magic necessary to to cure him. And and one elf says, "He's my best friend. I will go." And and an elf female says, "And he is my brother. So I will go too." And then a unicorn. Pops his head in and says, and I'm a magic unicorn, so I'll go too. <laughs> That's funny. It is. It's all funny, dude. It's all funny. I love it all. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Thank you, Jeffrey Brown, for making me laugh. Yeah, he's think. legit. I used to. I have to say, I I didn't know anything about Jeffrey until I listened to your show, Chris, and back in the day. And uh, and it's funny because he strikes me having again. I don't know him personally at all. Just from hearing him on on AC, he strikes me as a guy uh, that it just is someday going to go postal because he's so quiet and reserved I'm he's like very shy and then he writes yeah. these crazy stories it's just like one day he's just going to go off and like streak nude through Times Square or something I don't know it's just, and then draw a comic about it so we yeah, all win exactly. win win yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I got some manga to talk about but I'll let you guys go and I'll come back later and talk about it so then Chris can have something else to groove on you know what I'm saying before we leave the little nook, nook and cranny of 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 small press uh, comic genius, uh, I think we need to give a quick congratulations to uh, our good buddy Jim Rugg. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jim won the Ignatz Award for Outstanding Mini Comic this year at uh, at SBX for his uh, Rambo 3.5, which we all have uh, have uh, gushed over in uh, in prior episodes of this show, and uh, well deserved because it was freaking hilarious. Yeah, and, and, I, I uh, planned on gushing about Jim Rugg this episode. But I didn't finish the book with his artwork in it, uh, and that is the Fort Thunder Monster Anthology. Chris Campbell uh, went, yes. went to SPX and got it for me. And Rugs in there. He's freaking everywhere. Uh, and it's a Bigfoot story. Yeah, oh, cool. I've, heard, I've heard of it. I haven't read it myself. But You yeah, need to I, get the Fort Thunder Monster Anthology. I'm going to hopefully look for it in New York one. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. Well, s- speaking of, speaking of Jim, Jim Rugg... Um, I need to um, uh, let folks know that uh, uh, old Lucas Testro um, got in touch with me, the director of uh, the Street Angel short film. Nice. Yes, there is going to be a screening of uh, Street Angel, which is a graphic novel that that Jim Rugg did, and these these guys in Australia made a short film of it. And you can go to um, streetangelshortfilm.com uh, and and check out um, clips from the short film and some other you know like making of stuff. Well, it's I, I it may have been shown somewhere in the U.S. 
I don't know how many screenings there there have been, but there's going to be a, a screening of the full short film at New York Comic Con. It's going to be on Friday at 2.15 in room 1E14, and you can see that wow. on the... Um, um, on the New York Comic Con um, event programming, and there'll be a question and answer session afterwards. You know, while we're on the subject, and I will be there, while we're on the subject of Jim Rugg, I got to call out Chris Pitzer of uh, Ad House Books. Because call him out? I'm calling you him out. Call him out be- in a positive way, because usually call out means you're going to say something negative about him. I am going to... Put him on the spot, or how about give him an idea if he hasn't? I'm sure he already oh, had. Ar- 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 already had. had a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Okay. Ad House Books. Ad House Books was the publisher of Aphrodisiac. Too too huge a claim. Won awards. Jim Rugg's everywhere. That's the point. Jim Rugg did work for Smoke Signal. He did work for another free newspaper that I recently got in the mail, and I the name escapes me because I'm tired. Um, he's in Rugg's in the Fort Thunder Monster Anthology. Chris, put this yeah. boy to work. Ad House needs its own little tabloid freebie newspaper. Ooh. Let's do this. Let's let chain rug to the desk and make him do work <laughs> for no one but you. <laughs> no, really. I mean, look at the stable of Ad House um, artists and, and writers. Let's. I'm sure there's more than enough fodder there for like a a a bi-monthly or or, or thrice yearly Ad House freebie newspaper. Jason will pay for it. Uh-huh. Let's get this done. But anyway, I was just <laughs> thinking. I was just idea. thinking. I was thinking rugs everywhere. Chris should be jumping on this sucker while it's hot. Speaking of uh, Pitzer, his uh, we're gonna get uh, Duncan the uh, Wonder Dog in our shipment, right? That's coming next. Oh, I want it now. Be next month, yeah. Hmm. No, next, it's this week for me. I think oh, it's do it, this. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I have it next coming. Tuesday. I think it's. I think it's coming in the shipment. Yeah. Yeah. Calling me excited. Yeah, mm-hmm. So uh, go ahead, Chris. You were. I was what? He oh, was pimping. He more no, he was. Chris was pimping. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> go see the screening. screening. Yeah. Okay. Pimping That's all I said. To do. That's right. Oh, I thought you had a comic to talk about. I can talk about a comic. Well, do so, please. Um, it is a reprint of one of my favorite one-shot comics. Uh, I think Vince got this as well. Um, I don't think that we talked about it at length, though. Uh, but Dark Dark Horse collected uh, the amazing screw-on head and other yes. serious objects into a beautiful uh, hardcover. And uh, don't forget, amazing- reasonably priced hardcover too. Yeah, how much was it? It was fourteen ninety-five. Seventeen ninety-nine. Was it really? Seventeen ninety nine. Oh, I'm sorry. It's still reasonably priced. Still reasonably priced. Marvel yeah. would have charged twenty four ninety nine for that sucker. Easy. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been as good. Uh, <laughs> it would have done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, had we talked about Amazing Screw on Head? I'm trying to think how old this, this comic is. It's. I remember you mentioning it on on AC, and then I remember the cartoon coming out. But David, we we talked about it on the bullpen. For God's sake. You might have, because I have. Well, yeah, I, yeah, way back. Yeah, I, I, straight I, because, because, yeah. because David stuck to the format of bullshit. Thank you, Chris. And wouldn't have talked. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, 
it's it's a really it's really kind of a hard book to uh, to describe without sounding ridiculous. I mean, it is it is moody and atmospheric in all of the great ways that that Mignola can just set a scene that is just bizarre. It's you know, um, dark room Abraham Lincoln calling for screw on head who on the, on the headphone <laughs> on yes on and <laughs> screw screw on head is a a screw on head that works for the government and and the president will call on him in times of great need usually when his arch nemesis emperor zombie emperor zombie has uh, has hatched uh, some sort of diabolical plan and so uh, screw on head will uh, get his uh, group of uh, um, uh, of buddies together and go to uh, to combat the uh, the evil emperor zombie and uh, hilarity and explosions ensue and yes. it is just done in the in the great Hellboy style uh, that uh, that you know just makes Minula so great and it's just it, it's hard to describe how wacky but awesome this is. Um, the the way that the the way that the issue ends is they they have basically a cut scene from after screw on head is victorious and it's three guys in a pub raising their glasses and it says at this juncture we had hoped to present the secret origin of screw on head but as it turns out the damn thing's a secret so instead we <laughs> present three horrible old women and a monkey Cheers! And so, like the next four pages are portraits of horrible old women, and then a monkey with signs. Though, what's the signage say? The signage. The first woman it says werewolf, and (laughs) the second one just says cannibal, and the third one says criminal lunatic. And there are these like doddering old, like Victorian era, you know, like old maids. Beautifully rendered, yeah. Oh beautifully rendered and they're all done up but the, yeah just this you know this old victorian woman with a sign around her neck that says cannibal is just like <laughs> nice it's like, are you are you fucking high it's just it's, it's so so awesome well, how about the the part where Emperor Zombie's talking to his vampire lady love, and he says, "Oh, how am I going to get this guy? What can I do? I can do one, two, or three. And the oh, vampire, oh, it's, it's <laughs> poison frogs, plague rats, giant fire breathing robot. Yeah, and the, and the vampire lady says, "Why not do them all?" And he there's a a blank panel where he's just holding her hand, looking <laughs> at her, and then he says in the next panel, "Marry me." Marry me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great it's stunning it, and then you get a retelling of jack and the beanstalk mm-hmm. a, ve- a yep. very dark uh retelling uh what what's uh jack is uh abu and he is not hurt in this one in fact he he has his come come up and this little kid manages to uh dick with the very devil himself it's great yeah that's yeah. uh the abu gung Abu Gun, yes, Abu Gun, and, and the beanstalk. Uh, it, it's it's really um, it's a special little collection. If you if you want to know what makes Mignola awesome, without mm-hmm. getting into all of the um, the Hellboy mythos, this is. I mean, this is a, a great little collection of stories that. Um, yeah, it's you know if you don't want to go through all of like the seed of destruction and get into BPRD and all that kind of stuff, but you're just looking for a great 
Mignola collection, the amazing screw screw on yeah. head, and uh, and other curious objects is is fantastic. It, it, you know how uh, retailers will say, if you like this, then try this. If you liked Umbrella Academy, you will like Screw on Head. Yes, they, they, it's the same yeah, same same tone. Uh, if you like Hellboy, I, I, so why hasn't Screw on Head appeared in the BPRD? At, at least, how about even Good. a Lobster Johnson tale? I mean, that would that would be around the same time uh, give or give or take well i mean he's a robot he can live right he could exist forever yeah Yeah, Yeah. i'm assuming he's a robot but dark horse has been kicking out um a lot of reasonably priced hardcover collections of like four issue miniseries four or five issue last week they had um oh geez help me out v for vendetta um the artist um, Lloyd? Yes, yeah, there's a, a David Lloyd illustrated miniseries. I forget who who wrote it, but uh, for a hardcover, it was only fourteen ninety nine. It was all I name? could do to. I don't. It's off the top of my head. I I cannot remember. I no, I don't remember. But just go look what came out last week. Look under Dark Horse. It'll be under there. And uh, just beautifully packaged, durable editions for not all that much money. I mean, we've paid fourteen ninety nine for a little shitty trade paperback. And and it's Richardson's kick, kicking out hardcovers. This odds mm-hmm. awesome. I have nothing but love for Richardson, even though he likes to price his manga a little too high. <laughs> you know what are you gonna do? It's very tall. What guy. are you gonna do? He is a tall dude. He is. He's a large. Is he? Yeah. He, oh, yeah. oh, shooters. Yeah. 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 yeah he and he and shooter. shooter. He, shooter's a big shooter. man. You will you will not be able to miss Shooter if he's in, if, if if he's there next weekend. David, would you check out what came out from Dark Horse last week for me, so we just so we can tell them what the hell I'm talking about? Because I don't remember the title of it. Yeah. Maybe sure. it was a Jamie Delano written piece. I think, if if my stupid memory serves, I don't know. But anyway, so somebody talk about comics while Jason's looking. Or Jason, damn it! While David, while David's looking that up, uh, I'll talk about I, manga. Well, you you got a lot to say about manga, I assume. It's a new book. I just want to give. I just want to point somebody in the direction of something new and uh, bonus. It's only a four-volume story, so we'll do it later. We'll do it later. Go ahead. Okay, I want to do a a a Vince trademark quick hits. Yay! Uh, I uh, I did read a lot of comics this week, and uh, seeing as how um, I was surprised at how many number ones I read, but then I forgot that that uh, pretty much one out of every five comics that are on the stands these days is a number one, so I shouldn't be <laughs> surprised. But I just, rather than go into any great depths on any of them, I just wanted to do a quick hit on a couple of them and just throw them out there and let people know just sort of quick reactions, what I thought of them, and, and just move on. So um, uh, let's see. So Dakin, Dark Wolverine, uh, Daniel mm-hmm. Way, and Marjorie Liu, Giuseppe Camancoli. Um Hmm. Uh, oh, if you've read any other Dakin, this is pretty much another story of the same vein. They go out of their way to point out the fact that Dakin is uh, a active and uh, and quite uh, virile uh, bisexual, uh, and he is very good at using his his uh, his attractiveness to get what he wants from both women and men. Um, so it was much more about him as a outside of the mask than it was about him in the mask so um I, you know it was okay i, I don't know if i'm gonna if i'm if it's gonna be a series i'm gonna really be interested in because it's not a character i i crave too, too much but uh, it looked pretty it was a pretty looking book um namor the first mutant 
which is a book that is tied into um, it's launching in conjunction with Namor's new status as one of the X-Men and so the first arc is going to take uh, part in the whole uh, the vampire shenanigans that are going on in the mutant titles now um, interesting written by uh, I believe it's Stuart Moore there's a lot of Moores out there right now but I believe it's Stuart Moore uh, and the art by uh, Vince's buddy Ariel Olivetti Yay. Um, I will say this Olivetti the characters the character models look great I mean and for the most part but are you implying the, something no 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 I'm not, I don't mean to impl- no I'm saying the characters look good but okay. The backgrounds, the backgrounds, and the the surrounding imagery left me pretty cold. I mean, there's a lot of blank space, solid color space. It, the the book takes place under the ocean, um, which is one of the reasons I was uh, looking forward to reading it. Um, and there's a lot of three dimensional modeled uh, deep sea fish kind of randomly spewing about and look like. So, but 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 that aside, the characters are cool. He doesn't. He, I think I like the way he draws Namor. Um, he he draws a bunch of of. Um, it's kind of cool since it's about vampires. These are underwater vampires called the Aquios, and so it's a cool concept. I dug the concept. Um, you know, I would give the book. Uh, it was okay. You know, I think Namor's a tough sell as a standalone book for any strong period of time, and I don't know that. Um, anyone that picked this up just because they're a Namor fan but isn't necessarily into X-Men continuity, probably going to be a little bit put off because it jumps you right into the middle of what's been happening in X-Men um, and Dracula and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Can I add something to that? Sure, sure. Uh, Olivetti does have a history of um, uh, at least one that I can perceive of uh, almost a, a lackadaisical approach to backgrounds. Yeah. He'll he has his reference and he goes in and embellishes a bit, but for the for the most part, he uses backgrounds as just a way of just fleshing out the detailed um, foreground. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we've seen it on Punisher. Yeah. Uh, what was it? War Journal cable. and on on Cable. Yeah. yeah, he he doesn't spend a whole mess of time on the backgrounds, which. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just figures the meat's in the front while I look in the back of the refrigerator. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Know. Uh, th- three more. One uh, Chris already talked about uh, a few weeks ago, and that's Guarding the Globe, the mm-hmm. new Kirkman book um, with, uh, I think, is it, ben- is it Benito Serrano? Is it who, the artist? Mm-hmm. Sure. Vincent Serrano? Uh, Serrano's is the last name. I'm sorry for not knowing his name. I should have taken notes. But uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Again, I, I think as you said, it, Chris, if, if you're a fan of Invincible, if you're a fan of Brit, if you like that Kirkman verse, the Superverse, no reason you're not going to like this. Well paced, you know, pretty 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 standard action adventure. Sets up the team, sets up the big bad at the end of the book, and 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 presumably will have an arc where they have to fight the big bad. Um, you know, I definitely liked it. And as someone who, as I mentioned earlier, doesn't read Invincible, save for maybe once or twice a year, this I think on, as an ongoing will will probably. Um, Help sate me as I wait for the next hardcover to come out. I'm just um, glad that Br- I'm, I'm just glad that Brett is in a book somewhere, mm-hmm. and Brett's he's the leader of the team. Though. Which yeah, he's the yeah. leader of the team. Um, hopping over to DC, Freedom Fighters number one, uh, the new ongoing from uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray, with art by another more Trevor Moore, I believe. Um, like this quite a bit. Uh, I was a fan of their. Uh, they've written, I think, is it three miniseries featuring the Freedom Fighters. Um, I have uh, been a fan of them all. Um, I-, I like the characters very much. It's a pretty cool, unique little group. And um, 
certainly I think you if you have some familiarity with with the characters from the prior minis that will help in this first issue because there isn't a lot of uh, explanation uh, about the characters but um, uh, it's a very very cool opening premise uh, and uh, and uh, again, there I, I think they do a good job as writers, so I, I'm definitely on board for this one. I I don't know um, how well it's selling or whatever, but I definitely think it's worth people giving it a shot. And then the last, and I saved the best for last year, uh, Vince. It may be time for another Van Lenthe month because Ooh. freaking uh, Taskmaster number one. It's it's it the first awesome. of a bunch of materials was freaking. Awesome. Now, I'm a fan wow. of the character, admittedly a quirky B-list character who's been getting a lot of pub lately because of his role in Avengers the Initiative and the Illuminati. Uh, it the, it uh, was good. It, it, it was good. He's Man, the Halloween Town Deadpool. No, nah, he's cooler. It's different. He's uh, a different guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, well, yeah, come on. People that I mean, don't know the character, he, a historic he, is, character. he is a... He, he, he makes his living effectively training uh, villains, henchmen, uh, or other supervillains, but his power, if you will, is he's just got a complete photographic memory and muscle memory. So he yeah. can, anytime he can, he sees someone like Captain America throw a shield, he can throw the shield as well as Captain America. And um, uh, anyway, this was written by Van Lenty, who, as we all know, has a great eye for dialogue, great eye for pacing. And the art is by uh, Hefte Palo, who, again, is just a beast. He did the the secret, uh, the secret war... Uh, Secret Invasion arc in Black Panther, yep. and then he was the, the penciler yeah. on the uh, the Doctor Voodoo. Uh, so unfortunately, he's had two short-lived runs so far. So they put him on this. But but dude, his pencils are great. It's just really really expressive stuff. And I got to tell you, there's a a part in this where the Taskmaster is um, is is fighting a bunch of bad baddies, and uh, <laughs> he's using the different you know he's using the different abilities that he's he's learned over the years, and it's awesome because. Palo puts like a red, almost like an infrared square over the body of the Taskmaster in each panel. And and so you're seeing half the Taskmaster and then where the red covers it, you're seeing instead the the the, the hero or, or villain that he's mimicking. Yeah. So like in one scene you see him slicing a guy's head off and it's the swordsman. In another panel he's shooting an arrow at someone and it's Hawkeye. In another panel he's you know, kicking someone and it's Shang-Chi or something. Oh, that's something. smart. It's, it's very really cool. Yeah. Very, very perfect use of the medium. Again, you know, just a great use of the medium. Uh, and I loved this issue. I, I, I thought it was terrific. And if you're not picking it up in issues, it's going to be one of those four-issue trades I think is going to be really worth your while that you might ignore because it's, you know, just a taskmaster, but it was a blast. Mm. And uh, it, it's just one of those things like what would – you got this guy who's got a bounty on him, and it's it's – everybody is coming at once to collect the due. You got ninjas – you got cyber ninjas. You got uh, Hydra. You, you got Hydra. You got AIM. AIM. You got uh, the trench coat mafia. You got uh, <laughs> you have, you have new, and he came up with what trench coat mafia and what was the other one? They're, they're, uh, it's uh, not crusaders, but the, but it's midgets, right? Midgets who are religious midgets. Uh, you got some of the serpent. You got uh, you got a group called the Black Choppers, which Vince would love. They 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 they're bikers and they're wearing helmets, but then. But then they on their back vents they have a um they have the pyramid with the eye on it just like our, our money does. Ah, but the then, when the taskmaster lifts the helmet to take the guy out, it's a freaking alien. It's a big eyed alien. So it's, it's like a gray? It's, a, it's, a, it's, really? a, it's an it's an alien biker game. Right, yeah. 
Alien uh, uh, Gang and, and Midget in, <laughs> Inquisitors. That doesn't, Empire, that doesn't surprise the, me. They work together the all the time. Oh, and it's, they're called the Inquisition. Who They're midgets yeah. wearing uh, Inquisition uh, outfits. Like, so Spanish, it's, like Spanish Inquisition. All of them at once are, 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 uh-huh. have a, there's a billion-dollar bounty on Taskmaster's head, and they all come to claim it at once. And let's just say... Um, we're gonna. He he makes it to issue number two. Put it that way. So so lot, just just a nonstop action adventure with really great dialogue, and it makes you want to root for for the Taskmaster. So I just love that issue to death. Yeah, Fred Fred Van Lenny is my favorite Marvel writer. It's he just gets it. The guy is it's fun but cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like yourself. There you yeah, go. About that drunk yeah. and belligerent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, manga minute, manga. Do it, Ma- manga minute. This is a that, new that's series. Charlie, that's Charlie's thing. Oh, is it really? Yowie. Oh, that was the no, that was the five minutes. Uh, Sorry. Keep on the lookout for this book because, as we all know, manga tends to run. 50, 60, 70 volumes. The longer running uh, stories. This is done in four. It's wow. from, Verti- from Vertical. It's the first volume of Nobukai Tadano's Seven Billion Needles. And it's more of that Japanese penchant for biological horror with a little bit of sci-fi thrown in this time. Their uh, premise is really simple, and it's kind of almost like Ultraman. Gordo will know what I'm talking about. Way back in the day, um, in the Ultraman TV show... Uh, the main character, Hayata, was killed when Ultraman came to Earth. This, we have a, an introverted, shy, sarcastic, standoffish high school girl named, uh, Hikaru Takabe. And she has reason for that because her parents were killed. Uh, so she's kind of aloof and likes to spend time with herself, doesn't communicate well with others. Um, and she's on a school trip and one of the trademark uh, one of the characteristics of the girl is to show you her, her aloofness. She always wears headphones. Every uh, Most of the scenes in the book, she's walking around with these big-ass booming headphones on, and she's on the beach wearing the headphones. Her friends call her. She doesn't want any part of that shit. And she's killed when an alien arrives on Earth and in the form of a huge... It looks like a meteor, a flaming death from space uh and uh it's once again the 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 japanese ability to render the most horrifying of uh events beautifully the uh, the girl's on the beach and she's engulfed in some kind of energy or flame and we actually see the skin peel off her face revealing the muscles and the and the the ligaments in her body underneath the skin and it's it's almost like have you ever uh, stripped acrylic paint with a heat gun you know how acrylic paint f- just peels off a wall yep. her skin peels like that and uh you see the headphones floating in space with bits of her skin floating like snowflakes behind it and in the next panel it's her skeleton and the skin is peeling off her f- and it's used as the cover really it's a brilliantly designed cover by uh peter Mendelssund. that you know in in recent movies before a big explosion they always have that moment of silence that that 
the spot where your the the heartbeat stops like in Lucas did it in in the remastered Star Wars right before the Death Star explodes it's completely silent and then blam you see the explosion they use that moment as the cover with her um the panels with the the headphones floating and her skeleton and it's just it's when you think about a, a teenage girl being reduced to atoms atomized by this in uh in alien force it's disturbing but you look at it and the rendering is just gorgeous and they use gray tones a grayscale um dot pattern to um embellish the art it's fantastic but it's not as depressing as it sounds because like ultraman the alien is on a mission to defeat this immoral ravenous parasite uh called maelstrom and and maelstrom has one goal he wants to exterminate civilization uh they've the alien bonds this the the good alien is called horizon it bonds with the girl it reforms her body reconstitutes pulls her atoms together and the the goal is to find this maelstrom entity before he can destroy civilization but in order to do that she has to communicate with people because it's one of those doppelganger type things where the alien takes your body so on the surface you look like yourself but inside there's something really nasty going on so she has to weed out which one of her classmates possesses the 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 essence of the alien and she has to communicate with people and the facial expressions this uh, nobukai tadano this guy is really good with facial expressions because you have to, he shows this girl annoyed uh, bemused befuddled angry like whimsical and each expression's dead on i mean he's girl this girl doesn't usually communicate with her mouth she does she lets her her facial expressions do her uh communicating and so she's forced to interact with her other students so it's kind of neat this alien killed her basically but he i mean he righted the wrong he brought her back and now she's benefiting from the fact that he's forcing social interaction on her so i guess it in the end not so bad but yeah so she has these powers now where she can she has superhuman powers to an extent she has to find this maelstrom entity and get this the alien this horizon alien says that your history uh says that the dinosaurs were killed by a meteor not true it was this maelstrom being who came to earth what cretaceous period and just the the highest the top of the food chain the highest life form on the planet then was the dinosaurs what the hell was that wow was it was i don't know if it was me and so the the alien was responsible for destroying the dinosaurs it it took the body of the biggest meanest uh predator on the planet and used that body to destroy all the other aliens and i guess it has kind of like a biological memory because now this one child that it possesses sunsuki azuma uh the kid has raptor feet and it is brutal i mean he separates people's heads from their bodies he eviscerates them he shears their arms off he destroys a whole gym full of people it's it's pretty violent this this book is very nasty in spots and uh in the end he transforms into uh, 
an amalgamation of a T-Rex, a raptor. Uh, so, I mean, you have your, your bubblegum big movie type action, but it's mostly a character study of this girl, Hikaru. It's really well done and f only four volumes. So if you're curious, you're like, what is this manga stuff? I want to get in on that. 1095 per volume. So it's going to cost you $44 in the end if you don't use some kind of discount, but it's worth it. They're, they're 100 and, 150, 160 pages, I want to say, maybe more, 170 pages, and the artwork is stunning. Any of you guys play Resident Evil? Sure. At, at one time, the, there's, a, there's a point where the uh, Maelstrom entity fully overtakes the boy. The boy fights it to a certain degree, uh, but he's not strong enough, and the alien takes over. And uh, the people that he killed in the gym, he absorbs them. So you have you have this huge, multi-armed creature with his veins all popping out on his body, and there's bits and pieces of the kids peeking out through his anatomy. Like there's a girl's nice. legs coming out of his stomach. There's fingers on his shoulder. There's a hand on his back. It's nasty. It's really nasty, but it's beautifully drawn. Just the, and the gray scales especially. They're they're using Manga Studio. I can spot a couple of them in here. That, that that I've used, yeah. Well, if not, then it's very similar. But uh, yeah, Nobukai. Yeah, exactly, buddy. Seven billion needles. Get it. There you go. Respect. <laughs> you all want to talk about the big news from this week at all? Interested? The big news. news? The new editor in chief at DC. Oh, is that big news? <laughs> I like how how every photo that people have. To, to it's, talk it's, about yeah, this, it's, it's, like, one, dude. it's like back from the day when denim shirts and hey, I used it. I used it in my FM boy column. To your Reeboks were 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 in fashion. I know. It's the only one you can find if you Google like, it. Like there's, the only, like, there's no other photos of them. It's like Steve. I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, you would you would think that uh, with the announcement, all they might have thrown up a, a, a newer picture of what there isn't one. So. so if you're looking for that guy at New York Comic Con, you're about a decade too late. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know if it's if it's big news or worth talking about. Didn't know if you guys had any thoughts on it. Well, why don't you just lead us off since you're you, you brought it to the bear for the people that, that that haven't been on the internet this week? What exactly is it that you're talking about? Uh, DC after uh, after promoting their executive editor, uh, which uh, Dan DiDio, and saying that they were going to uh, uh, hire a uh, an editor-in-chief have done so. They filled that they filled that role. It's the first time since 1997? Jeanette Kahn, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so it's the first time since 1997 uh, that DC has, uh, has an editor-in-chief, uh, and it's uh, Bob Harris, who uh, Preceded Joe Casada as the editor in chief at Marvel, which has um, opened uh, Twitter up to a lot of jokes and, and that kind of stuff. So um, it, yeah, that that was kind of you know my my knee jerk reaction was like, wasn't he the editor in chief at Marvel? Um, you know, but I got to I got to thinking about it, and yeah, I think it's actually uh, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Yeah. It's my stance. I mean, I just, I don't. It, it's one of those things. Like, I'm not exactly sure we'll even know what yeah. what it means for him to have that job, right? I mean, because he ans all we know so far is that he answers to Jim and Dan. Mm -hmm. That he is he is above 
Karen Berger, which I think is really the big news here. I mean, yeah. frankly, I think to me that's the again, and just because of I think the big news is that a year ago, Karen was was Dan DiDio's equal, mm-hmm. ran her own little fiefdom, and was left alone to her ways, and now. Um, Regardless, I have no idea of what she, how she feels. She could be happier. She could be happy as a lark for all we know, and I hope she is. Because, but, but, but all I know is, is that she's gone from being Didio's equal to being two rungs under him. Yeah. Uh, and 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 it then no uncertain terms when they announced Bob's promotion, they said he is in charge of Vertigo and overseeing it. And 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 at the same week, they also announced three Vertigo editors got the boot. So. Yeah. I don't know what this means. I presume Vertigo will continue on the way it has for as long as Karen wants it to. And I don't, you know, so the question is, have they done enough to make her happy? But, but, uh, beyond that, what will Bob's role be? Is he, you know, if, 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 if Jeff is in charge, Jeff Johns is in charge of creative or at least one of the voices in creative for the entire company. And his job is clearly not just limited to publishing. You've got Jim and, and Dan. Dan overseeing more of the publishing, Jim overseeing the digital and the the gaming side, but but both of equal standing. And then you've got Bob, who I guess is now the head editor. I guess. I mean, like, the, the way the way I was thinking about it, and mm-hmm. and once again, you know, just that we are not insiders. We right, don't right, know right. What goes on behind closed doors, and this is just all you know our own speculation but you know i was thinking about it at, at the at the the head of that that publishing you've got you've got um didio and jim lee as co-publishers and you've got jeff johns as head of creative so you have three pretty um pretty I, I would say big egos at the top of that that have you know ideas of what they want to happen creatively there and so i i guess the editor-in-chief while not being really the 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 lead creator or the person who is who is leading them creatively as a company i is really now kind of like the head editor and his job i would assume is to make sure that the trains run on time mm-hmm. and so like he's operating it, officer type of role yeah so so basically what they've done is that they've taken a guy who has experience as as an editor in chief, which he did at Marvel, whatever, however successfully or unsuccessfully, you know, I, you know, go Google it. Um, <laughs> but but since then, has been an executive editor at Wildstorm, and then has been the the group editor for for DC's Collected. So you know, he's stayed in the industry, and the way I look, you know, like a group editor for the Collected. That I mean, that person is basically just getting content together and making sure that it comes out, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny because two things. One, I think just to just to clarify, because um, I'm sure we'll get posts about this if we don't. Um, I believe he was not the executive editor of Wildstorm. I believe he was a contributing editor. Um, okay. but he wasn't editor there. Yeah. Um, and then he was in charge of DC's collected edition, so he again had no role, as I understand it, in Vertigo collections. Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's interesting because I think how you view what Bob's been up to largely come mute button, Jason. <laughs> well, while he realizes that, uh, I think yeah, he's gone. We'll get him back. I would just, I think that because of the Clone Saga, say what you will, I like it a lot. I'm going to give the man a pass and kind of 
just take a wait and see. He was, the, he, he was at Marvel during um, Age of Apocalypse. So yeah, that's and that too. That, you know, you and know. That, but he was—that's when he was editor in chief. But he was also before that he was the X Men line editor, and we're talking about like the old days of X Factor and when when the X books were were popular and and fun and before Gambit. So you know, it, yeah. It, I, well, what I'm just trying to say is, I guess I'm going to take a wait and see type approach because he it, it all depends on how he fills those shoes is he going to be a uh frontline editor-in-chief like casada is he going to influence a lot of the decisions uh, made or is he going to take a laissez-faire approach and just yeah. let let the guys do what they do best i don't yeah. know oh, ultimately it, it's you know we as fans it's just if they if they put out Good books and entertaining stories. You know, I don't, I don't know how much creative control he's going to have over the line of books, but you know, ultimately that's what it's about. You know, he's the he's the um, he's the lead editor there, whatever that means at that company. Hell, I know, but um, if he's going to be, you know, the figurehead, because uh, you know that if things you know go sour, you know, he'll he'll be the guy that'll that'll get the sword. Uh, so yeah, you, sure. Yeah, so it just all comes down to you know what creatively they they put out and 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 in whatever timely manner in the next couple of years so uh, I, I did think it was an interesting hire though yeah strange yeah, yeah. yeah. but you never let's go, know let's, let's go grab is jason back um he's rebooting because he's not on my uh, list yeah he'll be back it's uh i think everyone at least deserves the benefit of the doubt you never know he can come in and knock it out of the park yeah, you know, I just I I thought it was interesting. I was gonna you know talk with Jason about this because he's a big football guy, and you know it it seems it felt very much like a football hire. You know, whenever you know I, I see like the EIC as as kind of like the the head coach of a football team, and in the NFL, whenever they go to hire a football coach, there's you go one of two ways. You get um, uh, an extremely successful. Uh, offensive or defensive coordinator from uh, from a, a winning team, or you go and hire a former head coach that's done the job before. And this felt very much like they were going out and and hiring a former head coach. It just felt like a safe like a safe pick to me. Yeah, so I don't know. It was it was interesting. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hanging back. I think everyone everyone should hang back just a little bit. The, the, <laughs> no, burn him now. I know, I know. And ultimately, though, I really don't care. But I think the guy deserves. Um, oh sure, sure. A little you know, hands and, off. And, and if you at least until you, he starts his job, you know. Sure, and, and you if you were on Twitter the the day that it was announced, you know, all the creator comments I saw were, you know, hey, I've worked with you know worked with Bob for years, and he's a great guy. And it's a good hire, and they're going to do. You know, do really well so you know if you take that for you know um you know for whatever but um uh, it's it, what did it's mark like, wade like, have to say don't worry about it but the, <laughs> no, uh, well the, no see that's interesting um it, wade said bob's a great guy worked with him for years good hire by dc was basically kind of what he said and then and then fucking rich johnson had to go and dig up <laughs> a, an Man. article that was that was 10 years old where wade was obviously pissed off about something kind of skewered bob harris and and johnson just kind of like repost copy and paste and repost this thing and 
hey, I would have been pissed too. It's like you know, you know, I hey, if Wade was saying that that it was a good hire and and he you know was a good guy, blah blah blah. Mark Wade doesn't need Bob Harris to get work. It's like he's not kissing his ass, you know, hoping to write Uncanny X Men or, or you know, some or I guess it's the other company uh, to 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 write for DC. So I think that was, uh, you know, he was wishing the guy luck, and then Johnson has to go and say, "Oh, but you called him uh, an ass yeah, well, years ago." So it's, it's like you it's, know what? Maybe in the last ten years, maybe they made up. And and he doesn't and he doesn't you know feel that way. I said all sorts of nasty things about David three years yep. ago. Oh my goodness! goodness. And, and then he went and, and invited <laughs> me to. Uh... <laughs> so you know, it, I it, cut it, you off. I'm sorry. Can funny you go back? Is, is that it, no? no it, if, the punchline. Um, the punchline. Got to stay the punchline. Just say, and then he went and invited me to Chicago. So there you he go. saw the error of his ways. But it's it's funny to people who were like. The non-creators, the people who who have blogs or, or on the forums, things like that, they're like, "Oh, you know what? What a mistake!" Or this is so stupid. And and I have I nine times out of ten, I'll read a post and I'm just like, "They're only writing this so they could say in three years, I told you so." Or if it works <laughs> out, they're like, "Wow, I was pleasantly surprised." It's like, no, just either let shit lie or or get over just, yourself. Seriously, if yeah. it's one of those things where if you don't have anything nice, then 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 that's that's fine. That's this, but yeah, no. It, I'm I'm. I don't know the 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 DC books that I do read. I don't know if if I'll feel that that he has a heavy hand. I mean, some things are working right now. Do I? You know, Jeff Johns will will you know will Harris say you know call him up and say you know what I think I think maybe Hal should do this this month and, and no, I don't think that's going to happen. That ship so. for the past couple of years. So you know, it's I don't. I don't see a huge wind of change coming just just yet. I mean, let let's see. It's 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 late in 2010. We're we're going to be hitting 2011. They already have some some things lined up for next year. So you know, we'll we'll see when his presence will will be felt, and we can judge things then. That's right, Jason. What were you saying when you got uh, I got no idea where I got cut off, buddy. Oh, well. I finished my statement and then I heard crickets and I thought, wow, I guess my point was. And then I said, oh, I heard crickets because I, must I got have been found. talking through David's mic. Now you know how I feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't even know. Did I get cut off mid sentence? I have no idea. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You'll have to listen uh, to find out. Right. I was just saying, I think my, the, the, to boil it all down, all I was saying, and you may have just been making that same point, so forgive me, is just that um, I really don't know if it's good or bad and I don't know that we'll know. When if we'll ever know if it's good or bad, right? I mean, ultimately, if he's doing his job, um, we probably won't think much of him, his name, you know, because he'll just he'll be keeping that train running, and that's his job. So transparent, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he won't he won't know, know any is, marriages. Will, yeah, will he be doing the DC Nation panels? Wow, I, I don't really, I, I don't, don't know. Really, I don't really care actually. So yeah. <laughs> I don't go to panels really ever. So yeah. Well, it's a podcast panel next week. The only panels I want to see are those yeah, in the comics. Podcast. All right, there you go. <laughs> nice. But you will yeah. be going to the Street Angel screening. Oh, most yes. I will be there. That'll be cool. Is Jim going to be there? Jim is not going to be able to make it. Oh. So that's, like uh, I said, I don't really go to panels. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, oh, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a screening of the short film. 
How long is the short film? Well, it's a short it's film. Short. I'd say less than, <laughs> well, less than 90 minutes. Wow. Well, it, it, but put it to you this way. If it's 15 minutes, I'll go to the thing. If it's if it's 80 minutes, I'm not going to it. No, yeah, but I, it's Street yeah, Angel, though. But I can see Wood's point. Because if it's like, I don't need to go and sit down for a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour with my buddies mm-hmm. when I could be out hanging out yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I tweeted this this week. I am already overwhelmed. At, I mean, the number of people I either want to see because we're already friends with them and it's great to see them, plus the number of people I have not yet met that I know will be there that I've really been looking forward to at least meeting and saying hello and putting faces with names, plus the fact that some of my best buddies in the world, yourselves as part of that, I'm going to want to spend a lot of time with. I mean, I just – honestly, oh, I, the thought of going to a panel, it, it doesn't even doesn't even seem – feasible yeah. well you you can read about it on the internet so and god do they have enough panels yeah, they did do. you do they? oh my god oh the, the programming there it's literally like 50 panels a day there's, uh, yeah. a, there's a lot yeah there well, they have a, we have the whole javits this year man it's gonna be quite different i'm interested yeah. to see how the setup is different too it's 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 probably 150 160 panels Mm-hmm. And they go and they go until eight o'clock at night. So there you go. It's, it's, it's nuts. It's, hey, it, uh, David reminded me kindly, and he's right. Uh, We've one other bit of of business to talk about. Before we, we do start. roll that oh, ball yeah, because do. you're the one who got it, uh, took it out of the bag. Okay, so um, we like to tease Vince because he is the only tr- tried and true real artist amongst us. Uh, not to besmirch my other e. co-host, but but Vince is indeed oh an artist God. and makes his living that way. He has said, and I believe he's well intended many times, that he is going to do us a, a new logo. Um, and, no love uh, for the cock and balls. Ah, uh, but 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 Vince is busy. He's got a lot of stuff going on personally right now, and 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 edits the show and a lot of stuff. So I, I we never are gonna. Uh, hey, it, uh, we're not paying them. You know? So, so, so pay me with love. Exactly. So, point being, uh, someone I believe it was uh, Matt Bird and Templar. Uh, if it wasn't, then apologies to whoever did start the thread. Said, "Hey, I really would love to have an eleven o'clock mug. Yeah, it was my coffee in the morning." And someone else said, "Hey, I'd love to have an eleven o'clock uh, cock ring." And someone else said, "I'd love to have an eleven o'clock." <laughs> Nobody ring. said that. No, no one said the cock ring. <laughs> but point being, lots of people would like to have eleven o'clock swag. I would myself not mind some eleven o'clock swag. And we've really, I think, fair to say, held off on that because we've been waiting for a logo to to put the swag on. Um, and uh, so we we talked amongst ourselves and agreed that, hey, you know what? Let's have a contest. So, drum roll, please. Uh, we are going to start some kind of pin thread that'll detail this, but essentially the the uh, the eleven o'clock logo contest is now afoot. Um, we will decide again amongst ourselves how long we keep it open for. But essentially, starting right now, if anyone would like to submit a logo for our show that may or may not, although probably may, appear in some type of swag on on our website or what have you um, and may or may not appear in a banner but the point is a logo for the show um, there's a lot of creative artistic people that hang around and I know a lot of people would like to put their uh, their hat in so now's your chance we uh, we're, we're, we're open to you submitting something Vince I don't know if there's any technical specs in terms of whether it needs to be like a vector or a vector well do them vector but post them JPEG yeah don't be 
Don't be posting. So we'll huge explain that then. So 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 post them JPEG. But if it's something we want to use, they need to have it in vector. Is that you? What you're you saying? Yep. Yes, you yep. need to yes. do it in uh, Illustrator or Corel Draw or some other vector program, and then dumb it down, export it for uh, publish on the web. I I will uh, only accept uh, Adobe Illustrator CS4 files and above. Wow! Look at you, <laughs> cock of the walk. So, so the question is, uh, what will people get for a contest? Well, the first thing is you'll have our eternal gratification because uh, and bragging rights, we, such as they are, we will love you and bragging rights. Yes, but also, as I alluded an episode or two ago, I finally made real headway on my man cave and have discovered a host of uh, either duplicate trades and collected editions and or uh, single issue runs of stuff that I now have the the trade in as well, and so there's redundancy, and so the winner will get a. Big hulking package, probably equivalent to, let's say, a short box full of issues and trades um, of good stuff. You guys know I got good taste. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there'll probably be no Deadpool because I got to hoard that stuff. I can't let that out in the public. <laughs> That's right. But there will be a big bunch of stuff, and I will look through and try and maybe post some of the list of the things that we include. But it'll be a, it'll be worth your while. There will be a lot of swag that you can either consume yourself or pass along to friends and neighbors. Um, and, and on top of the fact that we will, of course, more than likely use your logo uh, in many cool ways. So uh, have at it, and um, we'll decide again how long we'll keep it open for. You know, we'll pick when we'll pick a winner, that sort of thing. Understand that the four of us are the only voters here. We will we will vote amongst ourselves and pick the winner. So this will not be a democracy. But do you uh, think that's a good idea? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, everyone's going to be able to post for for people to talk about, and certainly we value the opinions of others. So if if people really think something deserves the attention, then it'll probably go to the top of the heap. But we reserve all rights to choose the winner uh, from whatever we get uh, for whatever reasons we decide. Um, but but uh, that's that. So yeah, eleven o'clock logo contest. Have at it, oh. folk. And if it has boobies in it, it's going to the top of the heap. No, I'm just lying. I do like lying. boobies. I'm sorry. Who doesn't? Who, who doesn't like? Boobies? And you know what? Every time I I hear you say man cave, it sounds like a dude with a va- uh, with a vagina, like a mangina. Yeah, I agree. It's it's. <laughs> It's not my favorite term of art. It, it seems to have taken over that the concept of a of a of a man room, a, a, yeah. a den. But but I, you're right. Man cave probably. I have to get myself. It's a bad habit because I personally don't like the term either. I just find myself using it a lot. But how uh, about comic, your your extraordinary? Comic, it's the geekdom geektorum. No, his extraordinary gentle room. That sounds uh, like. Yeah, that sounds like inappropriate. Some, sounds like, <laughs> like, like, I, like I'm taking somebody, somebody yeah. in there that shouldn't yeah, be there. And have, yeah. it's, like the, it's, like, it's like Jason's rectory of comic love. Isn't that the name of the room that uh, that that guy took uh, took uh, Willis to uh, in that episode of Different Stroke? Mr. Drummond's dungeon. <laughs> no, it wasn't Mr. Drummond. It was that guy. That, that uh, that that uh, what was Willis's buddy's name? Uh, Arnold. That was Arnold, and and the little no boy. Arnold's buddy. What was Arnold's little buddy's name? Yeah. The Gooch. No, that was the bully. Oh, no. I like the Gooch. It was, like little, it was his buddy that got touched right inappropriately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. was that's when the show got stupid. That was a special episode. Yeah. Well, no, look, every '80s sitcom had those obligatory yeah. once a year episodes. episodes. Uh, but anyway, you know, speaking of speaking of of, of of sitcoms, I just want to say one thing: I never gave Fran Drescher enough uh, uh, props. That woman has a killer body. 
I'm well, sorry. It's even better when the mute button's on, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. If, it's if, kind of cool, though. I like the voice a lot. That's sorry. all you, boo. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep going. <laughs> no, nothing more, dude. Logo contest. Uh, you know, I'm not the artist here, but, uh, get in where you, fit in. you know, get in where you fit in people. Right. Now's your chance to be a part of the 11 o'clock fam. Holy like, shit. We forgot to do the promo. We sure did. We did. Oh no. This episode of 11 o'clock comics. <laughs> and you can pretend you heard this in the beginning. Yeah. Has been brought to you by discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Oh shit, I feel terrible. Where you can get the absolute best discounts available anywhere. 35 to 7, yeah, to 75% off your favorite comics and collectibles shipped right to your door by a happy, smiling custodian of the United Parcel Service at the frequency you determine. It's awesome. dcbservice.com. And while you're at it, Jump on over there and start getting um shit. I'm <laughs> in your travels. Yeah, I'm just really forgetting. Oh, here's a new one. Here's a new one. I'll to put a little spin on it. In your travels, do yourself a favor and go read the Comics Reporter and Comics Comics blog because that that's some damn good comics cool. journalism. Word. You know, and we always give shout outs to, to Zach. We do. And, and you, know, you know, screw Zach. Oh. Because it, it's time to give a shout out to the to the real backbone of that place, Ben Teed. Ben Teed, there you go. Ben Teed, that's right. So Say it ben, again, ben, ben Teed. This one's for you. Ben Teed and his fat penis whores messages. He sends me a message <laughs> with the title, <laughs> Fat Penis Whores. <laughs> 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 I love it. <laughs> he said, I, roll, he said, I just want to get your attention. That did. That, that surely did. Okay. Oh goodness! Um, gosh, in your travels, um, read something from Wildstorm. Why, why you can? Yeah, why you can? Yeah, exactly. Read um, High Roads. I don't know if it's available in trade, but if it's not, go get the issues. High Roads is awesome. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, and in your travels, if you feel like uh, taking a walk on the uh, the wild side. Uh, Take a gander at some of the stuff from SBX because there's some good stuff that oh uh, my God, came out. Uh, right. Not Always. not not the least of which um, I would say is uh, Johnny Wander, which I heard uh, I have an order I haven't read it yet, but I heard it's fantastic. Um, and of course, our buddy uh, Jim with Rambo 3.5 and uh, Market Don't Day, James Sturm from Drawn and Quarterly, and Monster um, from the Monster from Thunder Kendall, people. Yep. And uh, what else? Ganges from Kevin Heisenga. So lots of great stuff. Um, d- definitely all worth your attention. Um, so Truth. Hells yeah. And uh, read Ultimate X. And we oh, love you. Yeah. And right. And we will be back here next week. Same business. Yeah, pre NYCC. Yeah. I'm getting giddy. We love you. Bye-bye. Say bye. Some see life as a broken promise Some see life as an endless fight They think they live in the age of darkness They think they live in the age of light It's an angry world And everything 
school with the life in 